Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. And we're back for another episode of Millionaire Secrets. Excited to be here with everyone. Thank you, uh, as always, for listening or watching wherever you are. And I'm excited about uh, today's episode. We are in the studio, which means we're both sitting at our houses or our office in different states, but uh, the virtual studio anyway, with uh, Douglas James, the, let me make sure I get this right, the, the high ticket client guy, which I'm sure... Do you love that nickname or are you just like irritated by it now when you hear it? <laughs> you know, when I first, uh, when I first started figuring out like what my, what's, what's my brand going to be, you know, based mm-hmm. off of my mission vision and the customers and clients I work with, uh, that came across my desk and I was like, that's super cheesy. No. So it went at the bottom of the list. And then after I kept looking at all the other stuff and all the other names and I was like, you know what? that one's growing on me. So it just kind of stuck ever since I heard it. And, um, you know, and it's supposed to do that, right. It catches yeah. your attention. Like that's kind of cheesy, but what's this guy all about? Right. So it's a, it's a good uh, conversation starter. Yeah. Well, and for the right person, you know, and, and there's a giant ocean of people out there who they know they have great value, but they're, they're the economics of their business don't work because they're not charging enough for their services. Right. Right. And so, for that person, which is, I don't know, there might be like half a billion of them in the world. I mean, that's a pretty big market of people that are struggling to make the numbers work in a business that they believe in. That's a pretty catchy thing. Like, oh, the high t- I want high ticket clients, right? I'm, I, right. I'm, I, life is really hard with low ticket clients, so yeah. how do I charge more, right? I should call this exactly. guy. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, if you're, if you're in business for yourself, obviously you have a, a mission and you, you have the ability hopefully to change someone's life if it's good. Right. Like, right. Uh, you know, so why not get paid what you're worth? Like I'll take, you know, uh, a handful of $10,000 clients all day over a thousand dollar, 39 clients, $39 clients I never even speak to. Right. What, what type of value am I really giving them? So. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, here's the incumbent challenge in everything you just said. And this is through my filter based on my own experience because I have high ticket clients and I have $39 clients, right? Um, Whatever the price is, I think the value needs to be 10 times. So when you're, when you have a $39 product, you you know, I, I have a $39 course and I, I feel like, is it worth $390? Like, am I delivering 10 times? Yeah, I feel good about that. I mean, I could, I, if, I, if I got $4.95 for it, I wouldn't think I ripped somebody off, right? Right. But when you have a $20,000 product and you hold yourself to that same standard, okay, am, do, am I delivering something that would reasonably be worth $200,000? Right. That's a big gap. In other words, I'm charging Hyundai prices. Would it be worth a Rolls Royce price? Mm-hmm. That's a hard, hard question to say yes to, right? Right, right. And so, is that what you help people say yes to that? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, I I totally agree. The value has got to be 10, 20x, you know, whatever the price point is. And um, for me personally, uh, you know, the clients that I work with and for, you know, my own business model, um, I just love having conversations with people. You know, I love getting deep down and dirty with whatever's going on in their business and their life and helping them get from A to B as fast as possible the right way, you know, and, and only way for me to really do that 
um, is to have that conversation, right? Um, I think a low ticket option is, is a great entry point into anyone's business. Um, I've seen it work. I've seen, you, you know, you're obviously successful. Uh, my business model is just different. I, left, I like to go straight into the conversation and, and see how we can maximize the, the value opportunity for the client. And, um, and obviously, the, the more they pay, the more they pay attention, right? And the more I can actually do for them. So um, that's, that's, that's how I like to approach my business. So the more they pay, the more they pay attention. Uh, truer words were never spoke. <laughs> um, the, more, the more you invest, not only the more you pay attention, but the more invested you are in the outcome. So the more likely you are to do the, the work. I mean, I, I think of all the people that hire trainers with a goal. Say, I'm going to get a trainer for for. 90 days and I want to, I want to drop 20 pounds or something. Right. And it, I guarantee you there would be a direct correlation. And if I had a personal trainer client, by the way, this is what I would tell them. There will be a direct correlation between how much you charge for 90 days of training and the likelihood of them losing 20 pounds, 10 mm -hmm. X your prices. You'll probably 10 X your results or two X you'll two X. I mean, I don't know if it'd be that exact, but, but I believe that, but I've also been in this game. I've been, I've been selling products online consultative selling, phone-based selling, internet-based selling, ascension models, stack selling through system. Like I, I'm a total geek. I've lived in that world since 2008. Mm -hmm. To people that are new to that world, they've got a service, they've got a passion, they've got a skill, but they've never sold it with this paradigm in mind. How often do you encounter an internal pricing resistance that they're like, they feel like I can't possibly charge that much for my thing how do you overcome or how, how often do you encounter it? And when you do encounter it, how do you over, how do you build people up to help overcome it? That's a great question. <laughs> I actually deal with that uh, quite often. Um, every single client that I've worked with at this point, um, we've gotten them to increase their prices by at least five X. Right. And, um, a lot of people think that, you know, for example, it could be a $400 offer, three ninety seven, whatever it is. And, uh, they just don't feel that they're giving the value that, that the, the products were trained, right? They just have this internal disbelief that there's no way anybody would ever pay me thousands of dollars for this. Like, are you nuts? Um, but what is the product actually solving for the person? What is it actually doing for them, right? Is, it, is the value that it's bringing them worth thousands of dollars versus the few hundred dollars, right? And um, it, it's a constant struggle that, that I get all the time. Like, Doug, I don't want to raise my price to five grand because no one's ever going to pay that. Uh, you know, and I'm just like BS. Look at all this data, right? You you have no belief that you're actually changing people's lives by charging them a few hundred dollars. Um, and that's that's some of the internal struggles that we will start doing, and that's the conversation that I'll have where it'll get like really deep and emotional for the person. But um, it, it all starts with you. It's it's your limiting beliefs, right? And uh, I think that if you are make an impact, like you need to be. Uh, obviously and compensated accordingly. Right. Um, and I think this space that I'm talking, talking about more specifically, like we, we've kind of thrown out the word high ticket and we've talked about a few price points, you know, the, the price point where you're charging someone, you know, three to five K maybe even 10 K or more, um, is usually done over the phone. And if somebody's paying that kind of money, they're usually in our space, in the digital space, you're getting some type of access, you know, people love paying for access, you know, so they're getting coaching. 
they're getting direct coaching either from you or a top executive or, or producer from, from your company that they can get directly involved in. And that's what people really care about. Like a whole bunch of information, an info product, all that stuff's great. I'm not saying that it's bad and you know, there's, there's great info products in, in, in the, in the space. Um, but when, when somebody really wants something, uh, and they see an expert or looking up to a guru or something like paying to actually speak to that person or get on one-on-one -on -one calls or even group coaching calls with them, that's what they really care about because they feel like that's, what's really going to get me from A to B is actually having someone that's already been in the trenches where, where I am now. And they've already produced the result that I want to get to. So if I'm able to actually speak and get close to this individual, he's going to rub off on me not just his videos and education, but his words, uh, the, the a relationship I can build with that individual. That's what they really care about. And that's where you can actually start charging more money because you're actually giving more of your personal time with either each individual or in a group setting. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you talk about pricing. Oh man, what you're really, really tapping into for people. It's such a loaded topic. You know, when you're, when you're talking about pricing, you're really talking about value and worth. And whenever somebody's in any way tied to the product, whether it's, it's their coaching, it's their consulting, it's their service, it's their information, it's their training. Whenever somebody's tied to the product, which a lot of the businesses that we talk about online are, and probably a lot of the people listening to this are, or, or at least are wanting to be in their future, and you start talking about pricing, you're actually talking about a, an extension of self-worth. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's, a, that's a hard thing for a lot of people. I mean, frankly, it's not a thing that our society has a huge amount of in the average person. I mean, like, mm -hmm. you know, we're very, you know, whether it's acculturation, it's the internet culture, it's comparison culture, it's, it's social envy culture, like whatever you want to say about it. It's like most people walking around don't have super high self-belief and confidence. Mm -hmm. So then you're saying, well, well, listen, there's a math, you have a math problem because if you don't have high self-confidence and high self-worth and high belief and value in what you're doing, you're going to go online and, or, and, and if you're any kind of type of business, it literally doesn't matter if you're a, you could do septic system repair you could do internet-based coaching. You could do, you know, I teach people how to hit a baseball farther. Like, it doesn't matter. You go online, start trying to promote your thing, which is where most businesses need to go do. That's what they need to focus on now. I mean, Yellow Pages doesn't work so well, mm -hmm. right? So, go online. You've entered into a realm where everybody is basically playing the same math. I, if, if I'm in this niche and I have this type of offer, I'm going to pay this much for clicks to target this person. And if the math works, you win. And if the math doesn't work, you lose. Right. And usually the way to get the math to work is to raise your prices. So like you've entered in, you're taking something that's qualitative and touchy feely and emotional and personal and, and based on like how you grew up and some mean comment that your dad made when you were seven years old. And you're saying, I'm going to take this issue and I'm going to move it into a realm. That's a pass fail exam based entirely on mathematics. Mm -hmm. And so, Doug, do you go Douglas or Doug? Douglas is fine. Yeah. So Douglas is actually telling you how to solve a quantitative problem and you're giving him qualitative resistance. Like, well, I don't feel that about myself. Right. And is that, that's like the disconnect, right? Exactly. Because I know from experience, like I had an offer 
that when the price was 1997, it didn't work. The whole bit, the business would have failed. There's no amount of money I could have spent to make the business work. But now that the, you know, when I increased that price to 39.97, it basically doubled it from 2K to 4K. It worked like magic. It's like an ATM. You just spend more, you get more back, spend more. Right. It was, I, I solved the math problem differently. And I, and I, but I, I couldn't go, yeah, but emotionally, I don't feel, I, I only feel like I, I'm worth three grand. I can't go four grand. Like, oh, great, go spend that, that $2,000 gap. Go spend it on therapy or yeah. spend it on Douglas mm -hmm. or spend it on, you know, reading the entire catalog of the Oprah book club or do, do whatever you got to do to get over that stuff so that you can actually go win the math problem and change your life. Absolutely. Right. You, you made some awesome points, man. And I, I love it. Uh, this is my kind of conversation. There's a couple things that I want to highlight that you said. That's I think that's so important for, for everyone to hear here is, uh, I mean, number one, right. Um, you, you gave that example, you were selling something for almost, around two grand, right? For that particular product or whatever you were offering, um, probably a lot of people in that audience that you were selling it to thought that it was too cheap and they weren't gonna get any value from it, right? So maybe that type of audience that you were selling to would feel more comfortable spending more money because they thought that they were gonna get more value and actually solve the problem that your solution helps them find, right? And that's, that's why people love when they buy even if they're buying a Toyota or if or whatever car, they gotta go with the luxury upgrades, the automatic seats, the the heating and the air conditioning in the seats, you know, the GPS. Even though that's like standard nowadays, right? And that's why people love buying luxury cars, Mercedes, because um, they feel like they're gonna get a better ride, more more they're gonna be more supported, right? Um, so that's why you know another reason why it's important to to increase your prices. Uh, but number two, I want to talk to you about the, those disbeliefs people have as well. There's a couple things you might have heard. One of them is called imposter syndrome. People think that they aren't worthy or, or they think they're an imposter for going into the marketplace and trying to sell some. They're like, who am I? No one's going to buy my stuff, right? They have these limiting beliefs. Um, and I like to actually take it a step further and talk about science real quick. There's something called cognitive dissonance where your beliefs are so powerful, so strong that introducing another idea to change everything that you brought you in your life till this moment, it's so strong, so powerful, and it's so exhausting for you to try to consume that information and change your identity that you just stick your head in the ground like an ostrich and you just ignore it. You're like, no, I'm not going to do it. There's no way. Even if there's science and there's, there's experts and there's facts in place, you just ignore it. You know, so Though these are all common things that we all go through, I believe, on a daily basis, but just being aware of them and, uh, you know, really trying to find the right information so that we can move forward and progress and grow because that's what life's all about, right, at the end of the day. Um, but, yeah, man, some really key, key, uh, key things I wanted to point out. Yeah, so I love that you talked about cognitive dissonance, and I love that you talked about, you know, the appeal of the product based on the price. I mean, this – I, I suspect like you and I could go, like if we went to grab a, a bite for an hour, I mean like a, this, is a, this is a recording, we have like a finite window in which to talk, but if we went into a place where we had no such limitation, I bet we could talk about this for like eight hours. Yeah, yeah, because absolutely. it's, you know, I've been online since 2008 and even before that I was doing offline stuff that still had these same, these same elements to it. I mean, it's such a game-changing conversation when you understand a few things about this. 
And what I've discovered, here's, here's the thing. Our net promoter score went up when we doubled our prices. Like our customer, the NPS is a measure of customer satisfaction. It went up when we doubled our prices for two reasons. One, people attribute more value to things they're more invested in. Mm-hmm. You know, when I moved, when I met my current, my wife, I hate current wife. It sounds like I like trade them in every two years, like a car. When I met my wife, but I had, who wasn't the one before, <laughs> um, I loaded up a U-Haul and moved across the country to be with her. It's, I, in other words, I made a great sacrifice to be with her. It's one of the reasons I love her so much. And I did from the very beginning because it cost me so much to be with her. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm happier than I literally, I'm happier than I would have been if it had been easier. Um, but the same is true. So not only do you end up making the same person happier by charging them more, you also eliminate a person who would have been more dissatisfied because they actually are prioritizing spending less. Right. Because you actually appeal to a, a different but overlapping subset of the same potential audience by charging more. You actually bring in people who are more predisposed to be happy from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it was a powerful paradigm shift in that experience. And I've seen it multiple times throughout my career. But I also love that you talked about cognitive dissonance. Where, and I sometimes wonder, I, I have this little semantic debate in my mind, and I'm curious what you, what you would say to this. When people ignore evidence that contradicts their beliefs, do you think it's because they they, they can't see it or because they won't see it? In other words, is it, is it willful or is it helpless? For me personally, I, I really just think that, um, that they won't see it. Um, like they, they refuse. They refuse. Yeah, they just refuse because they're so stuck in their beliefs. And unfortunately, um, if that happens, it just brings them over to stupidity right? Um, you're, you're taking somebody that is uh, denying, you know, evidence and facts and they're moving to a place of stupidity that you can't, you can no, at that point you can no longer help them, right? Cause they're not willing to um, learn and grow and accept the information to make a change. Right. And that's not to, I don't say that to uh, disrespect anyone, but that, that's just, that's what my belief, like where if you're going to see the information, you're going to go to that place. Well, you know, what, what more can I, can I do to help you? Um, but of course it's our job, my job to help people not get to that place to actually make the change and and see the light. Right. So, uh, I think that they, they willfully don't. And, um, I, you could probably make an argument against that, but in my experience, um, I've actually been able to, you know, through hard uh, conversations, actually help people move into a place where they're making more money and charging more and finding better customers yeah. you know, for the business. So I know it from a, from an uh, experience level. Um, I have had people that just, just wouldn't, you know, and they weren't the best fit for me. There's never, everyone's got their, their good and, and good fit clients and, and bad fit clients that they never don't, don't even call clients. They just weren't a good fit. Um, but you know, that, that's what I believe. So the reason I, I wanted to go this direction with the conversation about the, you know, the, the, the issue of cognitive dissonance is because I think that, you know, this is one example of cognitive dissonance. You show somebody data that says, hey, listen, if you double your prices, you'll, you'll improve your margins, you'll, you won't hurt conversions, you might even increase conversions, 
you definitely uh, increase the, the, the margin of each conversion. You'll be able to afford more ads, you'll be able to scale faster, you know, better experience, all these reasons, right? You show them that and they're like, yeah, but it's not worth it or I'm not worth it or no, I, I refuse. That's one example of cognitive dissonance. But I think there's a lot of, I mean, I think we all agree, there's a lot of these around, right? Mm -hmm. And one of them to me that's a big one, and it's the reason I wanna ask you more about how you work people through the cognitive dissonance issue is, Selfishly, one of the cognitive dissonance issues that I'm always confronting is people have this belief in general about starting a business at all, that there's more security in keeping their job, there's more security in relying on a paycheck, there's more security in not taking risk, there's more security in investing in you know, pension funds and social security institutions as opposed to in reinvesting in themselves education is a bad investment, personal development doesn't work. Like it's this big cluster of right. why people don't put themselves out there, right? That's the, I, that's the cognitive dissonance battle I'm, I, I'm always, I don't wanna say fighting, it's, I would say I'm trying to lead and be an example. Um, but so I would love selfishly to know more about your process of how you work people through these, these logical fallacies that still feel so true to them. Right, yeah. I, um, it really, it's actually pretty simple. You know, I really do just start like with their why, you know, why, why, why are you even doing this? Let's start with, with there, you know, um, tell me about your family, you know, who, who do you live with? Do you have kids? Right. Um, is, are there any specific types of things that you want to do for your kids do for you? You know, do you have a sick grandmother that's on chemotherapy and you can't, you you can't afford their treatments, right? There's, these are just examples of real stories that I've heard, unfortunately, but um, everyone has like a why of what they're doing, right? To starting this business, to starting this coaching program, to have this mastermind, to um, be a dentist, you know, what, whatever it is. And uh, people wake up every single day because there's usually someone that they love and care for. And every, every situation, every conversation that I've ever had with, with anyone, um, I, I come to find out like money is actually like really the true last thing. Yeah. They want to make more money. They want to be able to do more things, but what does that really translate to it translating into purchasing a better home in a better community for their kids to afford better schooling for their kids or, uh, you know, buy more reliable cars, um, you know, eventually own a jet so they don't have to, uh, fly commercial and get a virus, you know, from everyone else, you know? It, it all goes back to usually their family and the people that they love and why they, why they do what they do every single day. So when I help them make that realization and ask those challenging questions and we pull out that information, um, that starts to trigger them to opening up. Okay, this is my shot. This, you know, tell me, tell me what it is. They become more free from, you know, fr from their, their beliefs because uh, then they start thinking for their kids. They start thinking about their future and realizing what they're doing right now is not beneficial or working for them, that's why they're having a conversation with me in the first place. You know, so I help them just realize those things. And um, it really helps move along the conversation. And uh, I get them in a place where um, it's, it's not about you. It's about, you know, what your purpose is, what, what you're here for, right? And um, of course, the, the product, the service, whatever it is, um, it has to be transformational. You know, it has to be able to impact someone's lives. So as long as you wake up every day with a meaningful purpose and why and, and you're driven and you're thinking about those people or those things that you want to achieve, 
and you're moving that energy into something that's actually changing people's lives, um, those two things go hand in hand, you know? So that's really like what, what I try to do is help people understand like why you need to be in a more premium place with your pricing uh, because it's going to better you, your customer base, your client base. Um, it's going to better your family. It's going to help you achieve X, Y, Z, everything you told me. And these are all like actually key things, I think, in a sales conversation too, right? I think all this stuff is sales, you know, to be honest with you, that everything I just said in the past two minutes is all sales, but it's all, it's all important because it moves people to, to a place where at the end of the tunnel, they're a bigger, more powerful human being that's, that can impact more lives uh, more efficiently, right? And um, that's what it's all about. That's all we're trying to help people do. So, yeah, I, um, I love the aspect of the pricing conversation that correlates, you know, it, by necessity, or at least, uh, it should correlate with the value conversation. Like, listen, if you are scared to raise your prices, what you're really saying is, and, and I like this because it applies not just on the internet. It, this applies to an attorney, this applies to a CPA, this applies to a chiropractor, this applies to a massage therapist, this applies, I mean, this applies to a babysitter, right? Yeah. If you're scared to raise your prices, it's because you haven't packed your product or service with enough value to justify an increased price. And so, you know, I, I think about, for example, like we have, my, my family, we have a, we call her a nanny, but she's really... We actually just had a conversation with her about growing into a house manager role. Mm -hmm. She started as a, as a babysitter. And you know, what's, what's the transition from babysitter to nanny, from nanny to house manager? Mm -hmm. It's just value. Yeah. She's just added more value. First of all, she added the value of trust. I would say she went from babysitter to nanny when we realized we can trust her because she loves our children the way we love our children. Mm-hmm. And so we could bring her on trips. We could bring her, you know, we could leave our kids with her overnight. We could, there's a whole new level of, of value that she provides to us, the client. Essentially, she's taken babysitting and turned it into a high ticket client business with yeah. only one client, which is my family. Yeah. And she did it by stuffing it with value and trust and delivering and fulfilling and, and building a great reputation to the point where now we're like, she can, I mean, she can do everything. She, you know, whatever a house manager does and she makes my life easier. She, she organizes my vitamins and puts them in the little vitamin caddy so that every, every day I just pour that day's vitamins into my little baggie and go to work. Like that means she's going to the, the, the pharmacy and doing prescription refills and ordering product, you know, on Amazon form. She's got access to our Amazon account. Like, and she, you know, and she makes a full-time living now mm -hmm. babysitting for one family because she stuffed it with value, right? Like it's, I love the pressure that higher prices put on you, the fulfiller, to just make it a better product or service. Right. Right? So then you feel good about it. Absolutely. Is that, is that a big part of what you work on with people? Is Okay, so you know that the math says that for this to really work, you have to charge $5,000 for it. So what do we need to put into the product so that you're willing to sell it for five grand? Right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The, like, you know, we touched on it, but the, the value has to be there. You know, um, and I, I used the coaching space as an example, you know, earlier, like you can, you can create a, a product, an info product and a bunch of videos, right? People can go learn it. Maybe they, you know, change their life, make money or whatever. But then 
the access, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a value add. If I say I'm going to get on a call with you twice a month uh, for the next six months and help you build your business or do X, Y, Z, um, that's a huge value add because now you have direct access to the expert, to the guru, whatever you want to call them, that's going to help you achieve your goals. So um, definitely looking at the offer, you know, what, what all goes into the offer, what, how can we add value and stack it? And um, num the number one thing that we do to, you know, charge higher prices is uh, usually access. I love your brick and mortar. Well, I wouldn't call it brick and mortar, but your local server, like the babysitter, you know, that's, that's a great example, you know, just tacking on trust, you know, like you've been with us so long. Now you love our kids. Like we love our kids. Um, that's great. You know, if you're in a dentist, a dentist do this as well. You go to a dentist for a checkup and they're like, Oh crap, you're missing a tooth back here and you got some tooth decay. One's rotting and your teeth are yellow. And now you're going to need all these services right? You're going to need implants. So it's going to be 25 grand. You know, don't worry, we'll bill your insurance. So instead of going for a quick, easy cleanup that costs a hundred bucks, now you're walking out, they're charging your insurance 25 grand. So, you know, and that goes into like the value ladder, you know, and, you know, offering one little thing and going to the next thing, you know, how can you build up and eventually what at the top you've already, you can potentially be charging the, the client, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. So um, those are all things. The value ladder is one of the things we go through you know, on, on how we can actually increase the, uh, I can actually hear my, my daughter in the back and you hear that <laughs> very faintly, but that's why I have four kids. I, I love kids. So that's wonderful. We yeah. won't even edit that out. Yeah. Leave that in there. My wife's <laughs> taking care of it and we got a nanny too. So we're, we're cool. good. <laughs> um, so, okay. So I want to, first of all, I love this conversation, you know, just, it's just like, I, I hope people, when they're hearing us talk they me think, Oh, this is like two nerds talking about nerdy stuff. It's not, man. This is, this is the superpower. Mm -hmm. When you understand pricing and value and delivery and, and you know, it's like Jim Rohn said, don't wish you were easier, wish you were better. Don't wish, don't wish your, your prices could be sold for less. Worth, wish your value was such that they inevitably should be sold for more, right? Like when you get that this is it, this is the superpower that unlocks infinite scalability in your business. Yeah. Yeah, I have it, a great because it makes all the math work. Yeah, absolutely. I just I love what you just said, and I just wanted to. I don't mean to cut you off there, no, but um, I read a book um, by Zig Ziglar. Uh, it was written in like 1962. I think it was called uh, Zig Ziglar's Sales Secret. I forget the name of it, um, but this was one of the first books that I read back in uh, late 2014 when I was really just starting to learn about like internet marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and in that book, he said, you can have all you want in life as, you're all, as long as you're willing to help other people get what they want, right? So with that being said, you know, I mean, pricing is literally just a myth. You know, like if, if somebody's willing to, 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 to get from where they're at to where they're trying to go and you're going to help them get there, what's more painful, paying, paying you to help them get there or staying stuck where they're at? Right. Yeah. Think of it from their perspective too. Like, do you want to help this person uh, get out of their rut or whatever's going on that your business solves or, uh, or, or do you want to let them stay, stay there and wither away? Right. And um, you know, and that goes into a point where like, you know, charging a premium price, you're actually helping someone. You're giving them your full abide, undivided attention. Mm -hmm. You're giving them the resources. Um, so it makes sense for you to charge, you know, this is such a great conversation, man. Cause like, 
I think there's so many people, there's so many people out there that don't understand their worth, don't, don't understand their value, you know? And, um, it just, it kind of like makes my heart sore when I, when I, when I see someone that comes to me and they, they do like spiritual healing or like uh, homeopathic stuff. Like I had one, one client that um, I'm actually just starting to work with. She does this. She's, I don't want to like open up a can of worms here, but she's been able to, uh, she's been able to cure some people doing some stuff that didn't involve medicine. And she's got like proof and I've seen it because she, I'm taking on it as a client and um, she's only char she's charging less than a thousand dollars to literally save people's lives using herbs and all this other kinds of stuff. And I'm like, okay, so you're letting people, you're helping people stay on earth for another 20, 30, 40 years. Yet this is all you're charging. Right. So, um, I'm just starting to learn about this, this kinds of stuff. And, and I know that it can be kind of controversial. I don't want to really get into it, but, um, I'm still learning, but when you look at the data and the proof, it's just kind of hard to like not see it. Right. I'm trying to be very unbiased right. and not have my cognitive dissonance, like keep me from trying to grow here. But, um, but yeah, man, it's, it's this, this conversation is great. I, I just, I love I could do this for days. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, you know, use that as an example, you know, I have no bias cause I have no information. I'll just say, let's assume it's, it's the, it's the case. It's true. You know, a person like that who provides this great service, you know, I know that there's a kind in, ugh, I, even as tiny, a little amount of time as I spend on social media, it's still too much. Cause I think any amount is really too much. That's just my personal thing. Nobody has to agree with me, mm -hmm. but one of the things you hear on social media all the time is like, but it's, you know, any, basically that anybody that charges more than a minimal amount for a service or product is doing it because they're greedy, right? Mm -hmm. But especially, but it heals people. Shouldn't it be available to everyone? Right. Okay. In a, in a world that has no physical or economic properties or no actual survival needs or, I mean, okay, yeah, maybe in heaven, on this earth, the healer should not have to live in a van so that they can provide the healing to people at too low a prices, mm -hmm. right? Like a person who has that ability deserves a good quality of life that would be supported by not undercharging for their services. Right. And it's, it's actually, I think there are a lot of cases. I mean, that one for me is purely hypothetical because all I know about it is what you said. But I know of a lot that I do know about of cases where people provide such value that they're scared to charge a, a reasonable price for and their family suffers. Mm -hmm. Their dream and eventually their dream dies simply because they just never priced it right. Mm -hmm. You know, and then the world is deprived of everything that it had to offer forever, right? Yeah. So I think this is really valuable work that you're doing, man. I, I, there's probably some other people that feel, see it the other way, but they're nobody's ideal customer. Oh, you try to get people to overcharge. No, <laughs> you try to get people not to undercharge so that they can actually build a real business and be able to continue offering a valuable service. Yeah, That's how I see it anyway. So I know that we have like, we don't have a lot of time left. I wanna make sure that we back up behind all this, before all this. You mentioned 2014 is when you started getting into this world. Can you take me back there or even before 
and tell me a little bit about your process and your journey of like, what were you before you got, before you were the high ticket client guy, how'd you even go down this path that's led you to this place? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, it's been an awesome journey, you know. So uh, I actually served, uh, well, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, and I, from there, I enlisted into the Navy, you know. So I was in the Navy for 10 years, actually, up until uh, January of 19. So I've actually been doing this stuff for, I did most of it in my, during my naval career, which is, wow. you know, active duty. So, uh, but I was fortunate enough to, to land here in San Diego um, on shore duty uh, in 2014. And uh, that's when I kind of like just being in this, you know, entrepreneur bubble, meeting people. Um, you know, my first uh, side gig actually, where I realized like I can make money outside of the military was I was actually working at a club and doing VIP service on the weekends. Um, but I, I would probably say my, like my passion and drive for like all this stuff. Now uh, it started when in early fifth, 2015 is when I went on a deployment actually for six, seven months, I was on the uh, USNS mercy out of here in San Diego. And we went on this humanitarian mission Um it was peacetime, you know, so we stopped at a bunch of islands, uh, Papua New Guinea, Fiji, the Philippines, uh, Guam. And uh, we all we did was rendered free medical care to people. Um, and we were, were able to build schools and hospitals and, uh, and do really awesome stuff like that. And um, I wanted to be out there, you know, as much as possible with the community and see the culture and everything. And the easiest way for me to do that was to volunteer. I was a hospital corpsman. So I was a hospital corpsman. So um, the easiest way for me to volunteer and do that was um, they had the CB battalion. The CBs are pretty much in charge for, you know, all construction, any, any buildings or anything that need to be built, courses, whatever, uh, you know, basketball court, whatever, they would do it. So um, I would go out with, with the battalion of CBs and be one of the corpsmen that would, you know, render medical care if they got injured, put a nail through their thumb, whatever. Um, and that got me a lot of exposure. And um, I was able to see like how people were living and out, out there. I mean, it's, it's completely third world, like Papua New Guinea. I mean, look it up. Like they don't really have like building structures. They don't have traditional homes. You know, they have like little tiki huts made out of straw. They, they still have like, they don't have shoes. They barely have uh, clothes, you know, um, it's just a different world over there. And they don't have all the modern technologies that we get to enjoy every single day. And, um, that really opened my eyes, you know, to, to the, to the world. I did get to spend some time in Italy and in 2012, I was stationed there as well. And I saw a lot of culture in Europe, but this was completely different for me. And then, you know, we, so we went there, we did a whole bunch of medical care, built, built some schools. Um, the same thing in Philippines. And I just remember like last day, it was our, like our last stop before we went to Hawaii and we were pretty much coming home. It's like, we just got done building this entire school. I remember, uh, you know, leaving the ship and we had like all these crayons, all these coloring books, all this literature to give to all these kids, basketballs, soccer balls. And um, we got, we got to the school and we had this big ceremony getting chills thinking about it. We had this big ceremony and they had like three, 400 little girls and boys, three, four, five, six years old, uh, that just came running to us and just said, thank you. They were hugging our leg. It was, it was just so, it was probably the number one thing that, um, I've ever done in my life at this point where I just felt so fulfilled. Like I'm actually making like a serious impact on the world. 
And um, at that point, you know, how do I keep this thing going? Uh, you know, I, I came back from the deployment. At, at that point, I realized I've done all I can do in the military. I need to find something of my own and I need to put my energy into it and build it and help and impact other people. And then come back and, you know, give with my time, give with my money, make more money so I can give to charities and, and, and do awesome stuff like this, but do it on my time because, you know, the military is a blessing. It takes people that are in distressed families. And, you know, I didn't have like the best upbringing. Um, for me, like the military was like, go to college, you know, stop, stop going out, going out to bars, doing drugs and drinking and going out with women and whatever. Uh, stop that, get out of my house or go to college or go to the military. I was a horrible student, like a 1.9. I barely made it out of high school. Um, so the military was the only option that I could see. And it's great, but military is great, but it, uh, it restricts your, your, your liberties a lot. And it's something that a lot of military people don't talk about too much, but there's massive amounts of sacrifice. Like if your number comes up and it's time for you to ship out, it, you're going like, that's just the way it is, you know? And if you refuse, um, you know, there's could be consequences and, and it could be bad. Right. I'm not going to get into that, but, uh, fortunately for something like that, when my number came up, it wasn't bullets flying over my head. It was me going to help children and give free help medical care and, and do amazing things like that. Although we need the people with the bullets flying over the head, that's, that's necessary to protect our freedoms. Right. So, um, I was just very fortunate, you know, not to be in that, you know, so my heart goes out to the, the people that are, but when, when I got back and I found, I eventually found internet marketing and I realized, um, businesses need customers, businesses need clients. How do those clients and customers get to these businesses? Oh, they go on Google and they search carpet cleaning company near me, closest restaurant, San Diego. They make these, these searches. So I got into small business marketing, um, ran Google ads, Facebook ads, generated leads for these small businesses. And that's kind of how I got my, my feet in the, in the door of marketing. Then I started coaching people on how to do that. I've actually helped over 500 military veterans transition from the military, start their own marketing agency. I've helped thousands of other people as well do the same. Um, you know, and, and now I, uh, I've really, because of that, because I've been able to build a successful coaching business, helping military veterans and pretty much the general public, um, it's gotten the attention of a lot of other people that have coaching products, high ticket offers, masterminds, um, you know, you, you name it. And uh, I've pretty much just been able to coach and train these other experts how to run paid ads and how to send them into a funnel into a system that generates calls on your calendar and how to have that conversation over the phone so that your customers feel comfortable letting you charge your credit card for thousands or ten thousands of dollars. And that's pretty much my business model in a nutshell. You know, that's what I'm really known for as the high ticket client guys is transitioning pretty much a click into a high ticket paid customer. So, well, it's, it's, like I say, I mean, I've, I've said my opinion about it. It's the uh, cheat code or I don't really like, it. it's the decoder. It's, it's the code. It's just the code. It's the code that unlocks the real potential of digital marketing is getting pricing and value right. It's just getting the economics right. 
Um, so I, I, it's a hugely valuable service. I, um, I know that we both have a, a commitment that's bearing down on us. So I'll get right to uh, asking you, how can people that want to learn more, either just about you personally, follow your world, be a part of your life, and specifically also understand how to unlock this value that we're talking about in their business? How do they find you? Where, uh, and what should they come looking for? Yeah, um, I'd say if you just want to learn more about me, um, you know, not, not to be salesy, just go to, you know, the douglasjames.com, T H E douglasjames.com. That's my main website, my story, media, you know, mm -hmm. testimonials, that kind of stuff. If you really are serious about, uh, maybe reaching out, you can, you can, you can reach out to me on that website, but if you want to go to douglasjamesmarketing.com, um, there you'll be given three options based off of whatever your situation is. So you can choose and, uh, you know, we'd love to have a conversation with you. Cool. Um, I'm looking at both your sites right now. They look great. Uh, so we, we're going to put together a, a show page for this episode at, at millionairesecrets.com slash Douglas J, where we'll put all those links that Douglas just gave, um, as well as any other products or services you want to feature, Douglas. And basically, I just invite everyone who's listening or watching to go uh, become a, a fan and an and a follower of Douglas, because I can tell you from personal experience that the stuff he's talking about will completely change your life and your business. Absolutely. Um, Douglas, thanks for being on Millionaire Secrets, man. Jeff, it's been a thrill, man. Thank you so much. Of course. Take care. You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entra Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entranation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.